the free for all roundtable brought to you by lexus avon canada's newest lexus dealer near canada's wonderland in the maple auto mall luxury is closer than you think round one on round one tim hudak is here former leader of ontario's conservatives he's now at the ontario real estate association laura babcock from the o show and power group communications and kevin vong is here member of parliament for spadina fort york let's listen to something that happened in the house yesterday i think it should have happened uh, monday morning but still you know we got there have your attention order it's with a heavy heart that i rise to inform members of my resignation as speaker of the house of commons it has been my greatest honor as a parliamentarian to have been elected by you my peers to serve as the speaker of the house of commons for the 43rd and 44th parliament I have acted as your humble servant of this house, carrying out the important responsibilities of this position to the very best of my abilities. Let me turn first to Kevin Vong. You sit in that house, and I have to think this has been a difficult couple of days because people like Anthony Rota, but I think they also recognize this was untenable. Yeah, I agree, John. I mean, Anthony Rota is a kind, decent man, but unfortunately, he made a very significant mistake. And like Lisa Raitt said said earlier, I don't think like he was let down by his team, but but I don't think it was just them. I think he was also let down, frankly, by his liberal colleagues. It's it was really hard to see his own team come out against him. And speaking from experience, I, I know just how terrible that feels. And frankly, let's let's be honest here. Melanie Jolie coming out as the first minister to call for Anthony's resignation wasn't out of principle. It was an attempt to try to cover her own culpability as Global Affairs Canada would have also had responsibility to vet. And clearly, they didn't do that. The Liberals vetted the Nazi as much as they vetted Julie Payette for Governor General, which is not at all. <laughs> okay, Tim Hudak, now that Kevin has strafed the room, I'll turn yeah. it over to you. How do I, how do I follow that up? Um, yeah, that's, that's great perspective from, from Kevin, from his, his seat in Parliament. Look, look, John, there are just some things that are so damaging and so internationally embarrassing that an apology just doesn't fix it. Now, the Speaker did resign. I had mentioned uh, on, on the morning brief yesterday, we faced a, a situation in Ontario when I was in the legislature in the late 1990s with a speaker who was accused of sexual harassment and it, and it did take colleagues to surround him and say you gotta go because it really is unprecedented procedurally to remove a speaker. Um, we actually, Ed Doyle became the replacement speaker who was a news anchor on CHCH as, as you may remember who had trust of, of the Ontario uh, legislature. I, I still am incredulous. I cannot believe that a mistake of that magnitude was not caught before it happened. Okay, Laura Babcock, you know, have we re reached sort of escape velocity or does more need to happen here? Well, I still haven't been pleased with the Prime Minister's response on this. I mean, his first comms on it, he looked like he was running down the hallway and they shot him like in front of a, they did the scrum like in front of a locker or something. Like this is an international incident. Speak with some authority and some gravitas and, and about how 
upset Canadians are. He talked about how Parliament was embarrassed and how, you know, the Canadian people were embarrassed by extension, but he didn't speak about his own feelings about it. Uh, and then the next day, another one of those running scrum pressers. I mean, what are you doing? Get in front of some flags and act like this is as serious as it is. This is an example, John, of where the initial offense is really bad, but somehow they managed to make it worse. And I don't know if it was hubris or what, but getting Karina Gold to get up there and try to erase it from the record of what happened. I mean, the whole point of history is to learn it so we don't repeat our mistakes. Uh, so, I mean, they just took what was a bad deal, a bad, bad mistake, and turned it into a much bigger scandal of their own incompetence. And you wouldn't have to have colleagues come out against Rhoda if Rhoda had have just done the right thing the first day. So, I mean, this is this is on all of the Liberals. Okay, well, let me come back to Tim Hudak for a second. It's not inconceivable that what this actually requires for a reset is an election. Could I mean, would would a reasonable next step be that the you know the NDP pulls its support and the House votes the government out? Uh, at this point in time, I, I just uh, is that unreasonable? No. Do I see that happening? No, not at all. I, I just don't see. Uh, ultimately, John, that calculation for the New Democrats would be. Um, you know, are we actually going to get more seats in the next uh, election? Are our current seats uh, secure? So no matter how bad the parliamentary crime here, ultimately political party is going to look at what it means for their future. And it seems to be the NDP is not prepared. And they'll probably make the case that, yeah, terrible thing that happened, but we're getting benefits elsewhere. Yeah, Kevin, there seems to be an awful lot of cynicism and political tactitiousness to this. Yeah, it's uh, it's hard being up here and kind of hearing some of that calculus. Uh, as I understand, the NDP don't have the money for, for an election. So even if they think they would pick up seats, they can't afford it. And uh, their leader doesn't seem to like to fundraise, which is kind of confusing because that's one of the you know big things that a leader would do. Um, you know, I would hope that the decision would be what's best for Canadians. But unfortunately, that doesn't seem to always be the case. Uh, can I ask you very quickly, how strange is it that a member of uh, an MP who belongs to the Bloc Québécois is taking over as speaker? I mean, this is somebody who doesn't believe in Canada and they're going to sit in the speaker's chair. Yeah, it, it's it's a little strange. Uh, I think at an individual personal level, I've gotten to know a number of Bloc MPs and, and they're great. But um, I have trouble reconciling sometimes that, you know, one of the core mandates of their party is a disintegration of our country. Uh, Laura Babcock, let me turn to you for a second as a Hamiltonian, um, because there's been this bizarre series of bomb threats against schools, and now we've got a 13-year-old girl, apparently, who's been arrested in all of this. And I think it also feeds into the story that apparently one of the schools targeted is where this allegedly trans teacher who created such a firestorm a while ago uh, teaches. So it's a pretty strange situation going on there. Yeah, there's been 16 bomb threats in five in five days, and you know, and we've or four days, and today's the fifth day. You know, I, I'm one of the parents having to think about taking my kids to school. My kids are wondering if their school is next. The first couple of emails that we heard about this did identify, and we're trans uh, that teacher, and we're transphobic in nature. But the girl who's been arrested is responsible, as we know, for one of them, John. So there's 15 other bomb threats that we don't know where they're coming from. So uh, uh, it's not a very secure time to be a parent here. And I have to tell you, I, I did a 30-minute sit-down for the O Show with Merritt Stiles, uh, the leader of the opposition, and she went hard on 
on uh, Lecce for saying nothing. I mean, four straight days of bomb threats in a major city in Ontario, and the education minister hasn't said a peep. So that's very disturbing. Okay. Uh, with permission from the other panelists, I'll move on to a few other to- uh, topics. One of them is at Queen's Park, and uh, Tim Hudak, I'll start with you. Um, seems the opposition got their act together yesterday and put the government's feet to the grill over the green belt, but this time it was about this Las Vegas trip. And really, I don't know that anything looks dodgier than this trip to Las Vegas. Yeah, terrible. I mean, it's, it's good opposition politics. You need to be dogged about these things. I certainly would have done the same thing when I was leader of the official opposition. And it, it connects. Everybody understands this. The notion of, you know, hanging out with a, a big money donor uh, and somebody who got access in the Greenbelt uh, file uh, later on in Las Vegas and Masada, but just, you, you couldn't write this stuff, John. So what I suspect happened here is that the, the minister was, uh, the former minister just wasn't honest, didn't, didn't, didn't tell the truth. The integrity commissioner, obviously. And what happens to John, you get grilled, right? I mean, you, you would go into the, the premier's office, practically toothpicks holding up your eyelids and you're, you know, you're asked every question in the book because they need to know. We need to protect the premier and the government. I'm, I'm confident that process did happen and the truth did not come out. Phase two of this has to be internally, you know, similarly going through other ministers, other staff, and making sure there are no other tentacles attached to this type of behavior. We had a spending scandal in uh, when I was uh, in office under Premier Eves. We went through that process. It did cause two resignations of ministers, but it made sure everybody else was following the rules and they cleaned up their act fast or you got out. Okay, so Kevin Vong, maybe this is another time where we need a special rapporteur. <laughs> I, I, mean, listen, I, I know there's some really concerning allegations, and, and I know better than most just how important it is that people not prejudge the conclusion and actually let people investigate. But I can tell you, as an, you know, an elected uh, representative, um, I over-consult our Office of the Conflict of Interest and Ethics Commissioner. Even like when I was getting married, my, my wife's Italian. Uh, well, she's Italian, Hungarian, Irish, but her mother's Italian, so she's Italian. And the tradition at the wedding is to give boost us. And, and I was like, oh, my God, just in case, I'm going to consult the, the commissioner. And, and things were fine. But that's the stuff that you have to do because we have to be held to a higher standard. And, and I think part of the reason why they were probably changing stories is, and, and is because they probably knew deep down that what they were doing wasn't right. And I'm going to wait to see what, you know, the investigation comes up with. And Laura Babcock, I mean, you give people advice on how to get out of scandal or avoid it to begin with. It just seems like there's a level of chaos right now in this government. Oh, my goodness. Yes, there is. Uh, as I mentioned, I had a long talk with Merritt, and I'll post it soon. But, I mean, there are so many angles to pursue. In 30 minutes, we couldn't even cover them all. Because the government, the, the branches of the Greenbelt scandal are going into a land grab in Hamilton that's highly controversial. You've got the 413. You've got Ontario Place. Uh, what does that 99 secret year deal look like? So, yeah, there is there is a scramble. I think we saw some of that with the forced bombast and all the standing ovations that the Ford government was trying to do to show that they feel strong. But the, the Overton window has moved on this government, on its brand. The, the trust has been broken, and every single thing that they do now is going to be under total scrutiny. So they have to, from a crisis management lens, they're in a different place. And just pretending they're not there is not helping them. Uh, the mayor of Toronto is going to Ottawa today. She'll be meeting with Toronto area MPs. Kevin Vong, I guess that means you're in on that meeting? Um, nope, she hasn't reached out to me. I mean, I've I've done my best from from the refugee crisis on the street um, to anything from the budget to you know try to 
reach out. Um, she doesn't seem to be receptive and whatever, that's her prerogative. You know, she is in a very unique position as a former NDP mayor to actually get the federal government to live up to its promise to help the city uh, with its budget. They made that promise in 2021 because the NDP are the only party in opposition that can compel the Liberals to do something as a result of their supply and confidence agreement. And, and I hope that Mayor Chow actually uses her NDP relationship to get the city the funding that we need. Well, that seems to be a, I don't know, not necessarily dropping of the ball, but Kevin, it seems you would meet with every single MP. I know that they're all Liberals except for one Conservative and you're an Independent. I know, but uh, unfortunately, some people put party before country. Um, I'm not one of those people, and, and I hope that she, she will make time to be able to meet with me. Thanks to you all. That was a very illuminating discussion for many reasons. That's Laura Babcock, Kevin Vong, and Tim Hudak. Catch the roundtable, round one at 745, round two at 845. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.